1: From fit questions to style advice Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com BlueNile.com
2: Hello
1: everyone and welcome to another episode of Amo and Danny's Irish Amphill Road Now, I've had a couple of weeks off uh, from the podcast, obviously Jordan, international break and things going on in our lives. Um, so there's a lot to be catching up on. Uh, obviously, we've got the, the City game to briefly discuss. We've got the Watford game to discuss. We've got the Atletico Madrid game to discuss. Um, and obviously, after that, in the second half of the pod, uh, we are going to have the two Johns on who are going to be discussing all about Liverpool and United. So this is a big podcast, plenty going on. And obviously, if we've got time, we'll discuss... Newcastle United basically taken over the world and the only people they're ever going to be facing is the court of human rights. That's all they're going to be playing against from now on, uh, with the amount of money they've got. So we'll discuss that if we can. But until then, Ammo, how's it going? What is happening?
2: Oh, very little. As I say, we had a couple of weeks off there with have international break and we had a few technical issues last week. So um, we've got to discuss the City, the Watford and the Athletic a game, which is... You could almost dedicate a podcast to each game, couldn't you? It, it was that mental. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> all I can say is two words. And I've said them a lot on this podcast in the past. Salah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what what Danny, I mean, he's just scored two of the best goals um, probably you'll ever see in two weeks. And everyone's saying he's world-class. I don't know want to plug myself. I was on the radio there last week on Five Live discussing Mo Salah. And I was getting an argument with Chris Sutton. Um, regarding Mo Salah he thinks that Mo Salah's has always got the praise and I said no he hasn't um, which I don't think he has the thing about Mo Salah he gets all these tappings and like he, he doesn't he, he goes out under the radar because he gets his tappings he scores a couple of worldies now he's the best player in the world he's been doing this for four or five years he's, he's the most consistent player over the last four or five years in the Premier League no one's even come close to him maybe Harry Kane yeah maybe Harry Kane um, but Harry Kane hasn't been doing it in you know, big competitions neither like winning Champions Leagues yeah. No. European Cup final, who turned up wasn't Harry Kane, was it? It was Mokes Halle. Um but yet no, so City game was just what the Premier League's all about, wasn't it? I think that type of game was just that is just a perfect advertisement for the Premier League, isn't
1: it? Ridiculous, isn't it? Just to see in the game and the way it was. It was a great game, I think, to all yes, we can we can argue that it was probably a little bit of an unfair result. Um, but at the same time, it's probably at the minute, probably the two biggest clubs in world football. Uh, going at it, and it was a proper, like, as you said, it was an advertisement for the Premier League. It was an advertisement for football. Just really great players. And you've got to give, I suppose, kudos to both teams that we can talk all day about Salah's goal and I'm just sitting boys down for fun and then scored an absolute worldies. But on on the other side, you you have players like Fulton week- and his passing ability. And it was just, it was ridiculous. But yeah, like, the fact that Mo Salah's then gone on and done it in two games since then as well I think it just cements what, what we've known as Liverpool fans for years
2: as you said it yourself can we talk about it all day he's just putting people on the, the bottom like you know see that's the type of thing if you see that in, in, in amateur football or any type of football you're like ah but it's Mo Salah it's like no way he's just on fire at the moment um, and yeah it was a good game good, good game for the Premier League and so the most importantly he's not get beaten those games and then Watford you look at Watford every single time a manager gets sacked in the Premier League and they bring a the new manager in. No matter no matter what team it is, you put your life savings on to play Liverpool in the next game. <laughs> and I sat there and I thought, Wofford, nothing to fear about. And then, sure, they sacked the manager. I mean, Wofford, they do that every six months anyway. And then, Cardio and Erie coming in, of course. Here we go. We're going to try and impress the new manager. Um, typical, a frustrating game for Liverpool. You know, Vickers Road, not the best place to go to, but then we just turned up and won 5 nil. And it was comfortable. Um that ball from Salah to Manny for the first goal.
0: Oh, ridiculous. Um,
2: sexy man. I know we go out early on the radio on a Saturday morning, but that was a sexy ball. Eh? That 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 turned me on. I don't care what anyone said. That ball was just <laughs> it was just brilliant. <laughs> and then he, 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 he then he goes and scores that goal. It's like, give them a chance. It was like it was like boys and men, wasn't it? It was, it was like being in the park, and you see it in the park and you see your dad go to shoot, and the three wings slide on the floor, and he, then he slots it in. That's just what salad did against a, a professional football team in
1: Bremley like,
2: two weeks in a run. Yeah. As you um, said,
1: in the general sense, like, you see that down the park on a Saturday. If I put one boy, like, I, when I'm playing Saturday League football, if I go and put one 20-stone fella called Big Dave down on the floor John Saturday League, I'm still running off of my shirt off, scoring goals like that. He's putting 40, 50 million pound players just... just Totally down on the deck as he's like swinging balls in into the far corner. That even if he was one on one with a keeper to score a goal like that from that type of angle, you'd go, "That's a quality goal." But to beat three or four players in the process and nail it round, it's just it's unbelievable. I think we're allowed to say sexy on the radio at this time of month. It's all right. It We're all good. <laughs> <laughs> there you
2: go, just a way to describe it, and then I've left it. I mean, that there is just. That's what European football is all about. And uh, I don't care what anyone says. Jergen Klopp wanted to win that game. He went full strength. There was no one getting rested. I mean, Keiter's goal as well. Woo. That's Mabby Keiter, isn't it, in a nutshell? Absolute brilliance. And then can't do his defensive job till he's off the pitch. But yeah. then Salah was just. What can you say about Salah if he just turned up, like, you know what I mean? Slotted the penalty like the coolest man on the pitch, the first goal again. Atletico players standing off them. You expect that type of atmosphere, you know, the, it was, it was. I was watching, it, it was hard to watch just from, it, you know, it was like Anfield reversed, it was just an absolute cold and playing and um, Atletico Madrid are hot, Spanish champions, you know, it was a hard game and that's three wins out of three in the Champions League and we're sitting pretty and let's hope that we, we get a result against them at home and we can we can play a few of the French players in the last two games and give them a rest because we would have earned that, right? You know, let's let's put this into context. It was a group of death. we yep. beat AC Milan. I was at that game. Must say, great game. Porto away, which are no no um, no give and then away at Let's go. We did we beat them. So um, nine points out of nine so far, and that's just practically through, isn't it, Danny?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think if we can get one more win, that that more or less get well, that guaranteed like being through. We need we need yeah. one win and a draw, don't we, to, to guarantee top of the group. Um, no, I
2: think I think I think I think a point will guarantee us because of the results now. So I think a win guarantees us to win the group, hmm. and a point guarantees us through. Yeah, you can't imagine us dropping nine points of nine, can you?
1: No, definitely not. And I think if you're Jurgen Klopp with the run of fixtures, we know once it comes after Christmas and like even the Christmas fixtures themselves, it gets really busy. So if you can if you can secure three points and know that you can play almost a second-string team in the other two games, like you'd be you'd be happy with that. But as you said, we kind of will. Wind them through all of these different results that took place, Liverpool sitting second in the league at the minute, looking really strong, I think, hitting the form that we hit the season we won the league. There's two main talking points from what I can see from a mixture of social media and obviously our own sort of punditry on it all. There's two main talking points, um, which would be good to get your opinion on. One is obviously again, which is the discussion that we've had for for the summer, for most of the season, is the Firmino Jota debate. Like has come back into the fore. Jota playing solid when he's been playing. Firmino comes in, bangs in an trick against Watford, plays really well against Atletico. Again, Jota comes on, plays really well as well. Um, are, are we sort of are we being a bit too, I suppose, stupid is the right word, trying to make a decision and go, ah, oh, well. Jota should definitely be playing every game, or Firmino should be playing every game, or should we just be happy with the fact that the two of them seem happy with the with the fact that they're both playing the way that they're playing, and they they both seem happy to be either starting or coming off the bench and proving their worth as a player. Um, so is that is that a good is it only going to be a good thing for Liverpool this season to have that competition? Of
2: Course, it's a good thing, and Jota's uh, he's proved that he's definitely going to provide competition to those three. Um. But there's one other thing. There's something that the cop wants you to know. The best in the world is Bobby Firmino. Danny, that Hatchick proved it against hat Hatric has it happens. He opens a game up and like a, no, no other player can do what Bobby Firmino does in that Liverpool team. And Jota's a different type of player. And I, I love Jota, but he's no Firmino, and for me you know, maybe having like Firmino's has played this season, got about six or seven goals. That's telling you something, that maybe is something that maybe Firmino needed. And, um, for me, there's no debate, it's just a healthy squad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then every, once every 10, 15 games, you can bring the Origian and he'll do scoop balls over the top against Milan and score, you know, it, it's fantastic, you know. <laughs> um, what can you say? Uh, you know, it's, it's, you need a top up, so you need the competition. Matip has been brilliant at centre back, um, all of those games that we mentioned. And, you know, let's be honest, you're sitting there and you're going, right, it's going to be Van Dijk and Gomez this season with Matip back up. Then you were sitting there and could he could, could even Phillips come in and be along, Matip, you know, and it, you know, be second and third, fourth choice centre back. So did Phillips will come back and nah, Matip's coming and he's proved that, yeah, he's a brilliant deep but when he's fit, he's as good as anyone. And uh, he's almost underwhelmed in that position. So, you look at all this competition with places, and you mentioned the Firmino and Jota thing. But, um, I think like Matty coming in, knowing the Gomez is there when Jota comes in, he you knows Firmino's there. When Firmino comes in, he you knows that Jota's there. So, plus Jota can fit in around the front around three, you know. I've seen against game come with it actually, Firmino and Jota end up in the pitch together, yeah, which is good. Uh, which doesn't happen often. So, yeah, no, nah, for me, it's not a debate or a discussion, it's just healthy competition with places, Danny,
1: yeah. I said it's an interesting one because I said I think competition for places is good and boys are stepping up. As you said, I think everybody thought to themselves that it's going to be Gomez and Van Dijk this season. Um, and again, because of that competition, Matip's kind of stepped up. Jamie Carragher was saying after the Atletico game that he thinks that, that Matip has actually played better than Van Dijk this season so far. So he's really sort of stepped up his game. And I think if Matip can stay consistent and not get injured... I think he's got a good chance of having a really, really good season this season and and obviously keeping Gomez out of that place, which he's done so far. The other debate, which I suppose is a tedious link, is that there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about the fact that maybe we should be playing like a, a Fabino Henderson defensive midfield combo and playing Firmino just in front of them. Because a lot of people are saying while he's fit, while he's scoring goals and different things like this, we should maybe be looking are trying to cash out on, Ke- on Keita now because they don't think he's playing well enough. He's generally been very inconsistent for Liverpool. What would your thoughts be on, on all of that discussion?
2: Yeah, it's a difficult one because in, in spell he's, he's marvellous, isn't he? In spells, you look at Keita and you're like, wow, this is what the hype was about. But isn't it the same to chamberlain mm. You know? And it was the same kind of assembly with Shaqiri. Um, I think that the fact of the matter is it's a long season. It's a world-class Squad, and um Paitas definitely got his role to play, and I wouldn't get rid of him. I wouldn't cash in them. I think he's found the difficult coming to Premier League. You know, being in the German league, I think it was with to because of beforehand and stuff. It's not the same as coming over to the English Barclays Premier League, where it's more physical, more tough. And he's found it difficult staying fit, but it looks like he's bumped up a bit. He scored a couple of well. hasn't he? And it's funny his reaction. He, 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 I can see myself in them sometimes, you know, where I, I play amateur football and you, you've played with me before, Danny. And anyone listening to this that's played football with me knows that I am that type of player that like will do nothing for ages and get people frustrated. And then I'll just do them away the world, out of nowhere, and then act like I do every day. <laughs> and I don't, <laughs> but that's what kited does. like he, the couple of worldies you scored. It's like, why did we even doubt them? It's kind of like, you know, but at our Navi, why did we even doubt him? Um, <laughs> I see that on myself again. Like you know, you, you forget about the stuff that you don't do well, and then you just do a, a screamer, and you think you you think you're messy. But I don't know. There's something in it, There's something about him that I like. Um, and he's definitely got a place in the squad. so no I wouldn't cash him them. Um, but um, when you've got Thiago backfit, you've got Henderson. Um, you've got oxlade Chamberlain. You know, you've got Fabinho. Does he get in our first eleven? Probably not, Danny. But as I say football's a squad game, now is not it. So, <sighs> he's a he's a place within the squad. There really is. Um, and look, look at Harvey Allen getting injured. You know and that might give him more chances. But it's a hard one because if you if you get rid of Mavi you know. Plus, Milner's probably going to leave next season as well. Different type of players, but those you know, similar positions as well. So. No, in in, in response to your question, Danny, no, I would keep Keita, and I think, uh, I think keep saying Keita and Keita, I don't even know his name, let's say Arnabby, I would keep Arnabby, anyway.
1: (laughs) No, I think you're right, as you said, there's a lot of talk, every time you hear anything about Liverpool's title chances for this season, Champions League, like hopes and all these different things, it's always talking about the fact that, oh, well, Liverpool don't quite have the depth that everybody else has, so I think as you said, once Thiago's back, you, you and Harvey Elliott's back, you've got you've got to, like I think Fabinho and Henderson are probably starters. Um outside of that, as you said, you've got you've got you've got Keita, you've got Thiago, you've got Curtis Jones, you've got Oxley Chamberlain. Like for me, that's depth. That's that's four, at least four there, and we can mention others. Good players to play in that position. Plus, as you said, for like and as we've said at the start, Firmino potentially can play that if they want to play a type of game with Firmino interlinking with Salad, Mane, and Jota being the the guy to sort of do the tap-ins, play that almost Benzema-esque role. Um, so who knows? Like, but as you said, it, it's a depth game now. We do need depth, especially coming into this time of the season. Once it gets into November, December, it, it gets very, very busy. Um, but we're sitting pretty at the minute. Grinding out results, we're doing well. We're, we're dominating teams again, doing what we love to see. Uh, Liverpool doing, playing great football and just like destroying teams. So hopefully it'll continue. Um, I think before we we move on because we've got we're going to bring on our guests in a few minutes. I think we can't after having a couple of weeks off. We can't not talk about this Newcastle situation. Newcastle yeah. have basically come in and well, they're like who is it? Like the, the UAE of basically like a country has bought Newcastle United. Uh, with unlimited resources, unlimited funds, you can basically bring in whoever they want. Um, they're basically going to resurrect Santiago Nunes from the movie Goal to come and play for them and whoever else can they can get in. Uh, and there's all this talk about them putting in bids in the summer for Haaland and Mbappe and Messi and all sorts of players. Like, Is it just really a pipe dream? Are we not really... and I know we have boys that listen to it that are from this club, so I do apologise. But are we not just going to see another Everton? A team that gets taken over by people with loads of money and them going, we're going to conquer the world. And then they go into the transfer market in the summer and everybody goes, yeah, but but you're Everton and we don't want to play for you. Are we not just going to see that with Newcastle?
2: No, Ronnie. I mean, Newcastle got great supporters and it's a great club. And I remember the days of Shearer up front with Bellamy you know getting desperate against Barcelona and Bayern. how much you love Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, and bringing Shola Aniobi off the bench. You know, um, I know I've got soft for Newcastle. Yeah, but um, the way they've forget money for a second. The way that club and good part of their fans have treated Steve Bruce is not in short, absolutely shocking. The man's from Newcastle. The man is okay. He managed Sunderland, but. He went home to do a job, and he done just just as good a job as Rapper, and uh just not. I don't know. It's it's like it's like a popularity thing, isn't it? You got two people doing the same job, but one one gets applauded like a Messiah, and the other one gets treated like a dog. So I don't know. It it, it doesn't sit right. I mean, let me let me get that forward because you know Steve Bruce is you know we've done the Stars and Dave there on on the weekend and. I don't know. whether they just given the chance to do that or something? I don't know. But it was it was embarrassing the way you know singing your manager out when what did they, what did the Newcastle fans expect? Now, having said that, um, because they're so passionate, they've got the big stadium that they fill every week. Um, they could become another Man City, I think. Um, well, that was probably a bad comparison. I mentioned they fill the stadium every week, but you know I'm getting it. Yeah. They could they could win trophies with the money behind them. But he could become he could become of heaven. One thing I would say was if if, if they if, if they do become good and start winning things, it'll be hard to listen to. That's all I can tell you. It'll be they'll be hard to listen to. Now. Um listen, it's going to be a process, isn't it, Danny? It's going to be a four or five year project at least. Um, and good luck to them. But um, yeah, hey, you have to stay up this season. First of all, don't you? Mm-hmm. Just say so you won't get relegated.
1: That'd be very interesting, wouldn't it, if they got relegated like the season when you know they're going to do so much? But yeah, I'd agree with you. And I think it, obviously we're going to touch on it in the second half of the pod as well with the whole Ollie situation and people wanting Oli out as well. Is that obviously there's that? I think it's been really unfair. The fact that the second Newcastle get a bit of money, they go, oh, we're going to get a proper manager. Now, When actually what they need is people that are going to be dedicated to the club. And Steve Bruce has proved that. He's come in at a time when nobody really wanted that Newcastle job. And it was going to be an absolute nightmare. And he's come in because he's passionate about the club and he wanted to see them do well. And I think if, if fans are prepared to throw that away to bring in people because of money, then they're going to struggle. They're going to have problems. There's that, yes, you might be able to pay Harlan's seven hundred thousand pounds a week, but he's not gonna love your club. He's not he's not gonna he's gonna be half the player that Andy Carroll was at Newcastle United because he doesn't have that passion for them. And and if that's a, if that's what you want to do is just throw money at boys, then good luck to you. But I just don't think they're gonna do all that well. Um but yeah, it, it's a far bigger debate about money and football and something that we'll have to talk about in depth on a different episode. Um Yeah, we yeah. should we should
2: dedicate a pod to it, which we will. I think we're gonna do it probably Soon, so 100%. Yeah, but good luck to them. But hey, we've got to stay up this season, not we, Danny?
1: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think, as you said, it's a bigger debate, bigger talking points. But yeah, I think it's it's a pendulum at the minute. They're either going to do really badly, you're going to see them be in Everton, that they're going to make big signings and they're going to want to leave straight away. Or in five years' time, we're going to be talking about Newcastle absolutely dominating well football. Uh, but we'll see we'll see and as I said when it comes to stuff like that and the managers I think it's worth discussing next as well as we just look at the Liverpool-United game uh, and get the opinions of the two Johns in regards to the ollie-out the protests uh, and everything to do with the, the biggest game in world football which is United-Liverpool this Sunday so we'll see it after the break but thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's
2: Irish Shamfield Road, Road.
3: More great shows, or join the team at sport-social.co.uk.
0: All
2: right, folks, welcome back to Amo and Danny's Irish and Anfield, Road. Anfield Road. Well, here we are. Um, we're back in the second part of Pod, and uh, after last season, there's a lot of boys poisonous feet stopping us. And I actually got an email from as well saying it was great to see the the two Johns come on, Johnny and John, come and roast me and Danny. Um, on the Liverpool podcast, and uh, lo and behold, you haven't taken no um, no short of a chance to come back and roast us again, so without everybody how's it going boys, uh, how are you? I'm
3: not doing too bad, I can't complain at all, like, you know, just getting on with things, you know how
2: it is. And Johnny, I do believe you've um, not going too deep into detail, because I don't want to just take away from the football, you've actually had a long COVID, haven't you? And you I have,
3: Yes, yeah, so well, I've got, had long COVID and I've, at the present stage now I've got a, a, quite a bad chest infection so I'm not having the best luck at the minute. So oh, nice. no. You
2: need uh, I think you need United to win on Sunday then to give you a bit of... Well, that's the,
3: it. The like, well, I'm also stuck in isolation too for another seven days so <laughs> I can't win oh, these man. days at all. It's been a tough few months oh, overall man. in general to be fair. I'm not going to lie. So it has, but sure, get
1: on with it.
2: That's it. Well, the football can hopefully give you a bit of, a, a, a bit of hope and joy. And um, although me and Danny don't have that. And John, how are you, buddy? Um, how How's life?
0: Aye, dead on, dead on. Just keep myself above the sword, as they say. So, uh, i has been the uh, same as John. It's been a tough, tough few months, healthways and things like that, there. But back out, working back in football. So, all good.
2: And how you both play the same football team, don't you? Yeah.
3: How are
0: you
2: getting on? Indifferent. I will, yeah. Yeah, indifferent. Well, there you go. We'll, we'll, we'll stay in on war. This will bring us quite rightly on to Liverpool versus Manchester United. Now, I think everyone agrees in this podcast, Danny, and I think you'll agree as well. Um, Liverpool versus Manchester United is the biggest game in world football, isn't it? It doesn't matter about form or I anything. Mean, it's the biggest game in world football. There's no bigger game for me. Um, and do you agree, boys? 100%, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, you know, Barcelona realm, it's like a bit of a backseat now. You know, it's, 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 it's nobody's playing for those teams, you know. Who hey? hey are the they? Hey know they? They had, We've got world superstars playing in the Queen, like Mo Salah. So, you know, it's... Uh, well, we have
3: both important uh, superstars too, or Ronaldo, and just saying, <laughs> like...
2: <laughs> I was waiting for that. Well, yeah, first things first, boys. I'll come to you first of all, John. Um How, how do you assess... United-Santis window and starts the season. Now, obviously, he's have brought in some great signings with Varane, Sancho, although the Sancho have been turned up I'm not sure yet. Um, and obviously, Ronaldo, um, who has turned up with a bang, you, no one can deny that. Um, so, how do you assess the signings and the start of the season?
0: Uh, I think it was sort uh, of mid-range. I mean, we've brought in good players, yeah, um, but we just haven't strengthened that defensive ours yet. Um, Varane, brilliant guy I think he's going to he's going to do well obviously he's out injured at the minute um, which is going to which is a massive blow especially coming into this you know this first game this first Derby game um, but I, I think overall it was alright I mean we're, we we've got a young player in Sancho and I'm sort of hoping he's the make weight to get Haaland in um, you know speak positively of United speak highly of it and you know he'll just Slip in, sort of unseen. Ronaldo, he was always going to come back to us at some stage. Um, I'm glad we didn't pay for him. I'm really glad we didn't pay for him. Um, Already, he might be worth the money, but you know what? I suppose he's better than what we have at the moment. But we definitely, definitely need something in defence. We need more. We can't keep relying on Harry Maguire and Verona every week. And our backups just are not good enough at the moment. So with yeah, Daphne you think an centre back and then somebody on the right, some somebody to cover for wambasaga
2: It's interesting that you say that, John, because as a, as a, as an outsider looking in, I suppose, and Danny, please back me up or, or disagree with me saying this. I you know, as a look-up and you're looking at United thinking, wow, they, they got what they needed. They got a, a world class centre back that's won everything. They you know they got a midfielder that's young, English, and you know, is you know, promising. I know they've brought a goal machine back. Like, Danny, do you not think, like, you know, as a football fan looking at United thinking, oh, no, they've they done really well in the window, and then John saying, no, nah, actually, it was just OK? Yeah, it's interesting. I think,
1: as an outsider looking in, I suppose, as someone that sort of analyses football, I think what I would always have thought was that you need a link man in the middle. If you were going to have anything, you need that defensive midfielder that you don't have. I thought Scott McTominay was going to be that guy. Um but it just doesn't seem to have worked out between him and Oli for whatever reason. And it seems like you've got no connection between your defence and your midfield. But in terms of signings I think you've done better than most most teams probably in Europe during the summit in terms of who you not just not just what you got, but who you got in
0: terms of the calibre of player as well. I know, but as like, as um... you guys as you guys well know, one world class centre back does not make a defence. I mean, look at last season with you guys, as soon as Van Dyke went out, you just tried to plug gaps and you just... I mean, you've brought Milner in and, you know, you sort of shifted about and backwards and forwards. United's at the same position. Varane's out. Yes, Harry Maguire's good. But with Varane out, who have you got coming in? Who's who's that backup player? Who's that player that's going to step in and be that, you know, that man mountain, that defensive player that, that you need? I don't think we have that. And I think our defence is the weakest point of us. I think at this game coming in at the weekend, our defence yeah. is where you're going to get us. We need more, more strength there. Yeah, it's interesting though, because you think across European football in general though, can you really
1: name that many teams that have two world-class centre-backs? And, and I'm not saying it's because they're being shared out or because people aren't picking them up or whatever, but it just seems to me that there seems to be a bit of a shortage of like world-class centre-backs at the minute. As you said, you, you look around most teams, you, you look at Liverpool, you say Van Dijk, you look at United, you say Varane, you look at Man City, you say Diaz, you, you've, you've only got really one name in, in almost every team, in every top team in, in European football. And do you reckon that's more of a problem of a shortage of players or do you think it's just a case of teams just aren't
0: investing well enough in defensive football and are more looking at attacking? I think from, from youth up, nobody wants to be a defender. I mean, n- nobody wants to... Amen. You know, nobody nobody <laughs> wants to be a defender. Everybody wants to be that, you know flying forward. Everybody wants to be that goal machine. You know, the defense um, and the keepers have all been f- forgot about.
2: It's funny you say that, John, because like if there's one person that I know in my life that screams out defense, he's sitting there and he hasn't said that for a couple of minutes, and it's Johnny Five. Johnny, uh, what, what do you think? It's, do you think it's United's problem or uh, in defense? Or I think Danny. I think Danny makes a good point about the one world class centre back. We also think John makes a good point because as I say, Liverpool and look at United, I'm like. You know they've got the likes of Lindelof and Baye who played centre back and played plenty of games. United, you know, of with Matip and Gomez and stuff. You know, so where do you see the problem, Johnny? And you know, do you think uh, that John right or
3: I will tend to agree with John to certain extent? Like my personal opinion, Harry McGuire is a liability on quite a few occasions. You know, especially against Leicester at the weekend. You know, he was terrible. He's par even though he scored last night, he was partially at fault for the goal that was conceded as well from the corner. you know. So I do think there's inconsistency in the defence, but when they play Did well...
2: Did you say liability? Harry Maguire liability? He
3: can be a liability, yes.
2: Just making a wee note here, that's all. That's
3: okay. <laughs> <laughs> he can be a liability, but then when he does turn up, he turns up and he does the job that he has to do. But I do think he needs to step up more to the plate. He doesn't seem to be leading the team great either. I don't think, you know. Is he not your um, captain?
2: He's your captain,
3: isn't he? I, he is. I don't think he's. I personally don't think he's strong enough to be the captain. So don't. I right. I'd change my captain. So it,
2: Right. Okay. And tell me this: uh, just why we, we wonder, before we mention the game. I've, I've asked you the question, John, and I'll bring it to you, Johnny, as well. Like Ollie in or Ollie out? Because it's, I, on social media and on you know other podcasts and. In the media. I'm seeing a lot of people say that Ollie's only a couple of results and can from being sacked. Like wh- wh- uh, where where do you stand on Ollie going to so short as Manchester United manager?
3: I I'd say give him a chance. You know, you look at it like last season, right? We'll go to last season, Man United scored 121 goals, right? That's the most goals scored in 14 years. That says it all. You know, we're still finished second, but if it was any other team, it'll be in a great season. It's just because it's Man United. It takes time to restructure and rebuild. It took Fergie six, seven years before he got anywhere I noticed. You know, so yes, maybe Oli could maybe be technically a bit better, but he has backbench player, back players there, and all he can help him out. You know, Feilding and others can—they've got the experience to
2: help him. That's a good point, and I was just about to take a you, John, and I'll, I'll come to you that in a minute. So you look, and I've heard this say a lot. You've got like the top four in the Premier League argue at the moment. You've got Jürgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola, Thomas Tuchel, then Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And isn't it, it, you know, it's like being, I always make this comparison with tennis. I don't know if anyone's a tennis fan here or who listened. When you had Roger Federer, you know, we had Andy Murray, Rafael Nadal and Djokovic all at the same time. And like, how, how, how can Roger Federer be considered the greatest when you've got those three who are all beating them constantly? And it's the same with Solskjaer here, if, if you kind of get my analogy, you've got, Tuchel, who's just won the European Cup and, you know, won... And then Klopp the Guardiola. Guardiola arguably one of the best of all time. And then you put social on there and it's just a bit of a mismatch, isn't it? If you think about it. And it's not social fault because he hasn't got that experience because, you know, he failed at Cardiff and he's done all right at Mould. And you know what I mean? So we went from Mould to Manchester United, which isn't really... Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say, here, John? I'm not trying to have a goal you, but... Yeah, no, hard no to absolutely. Like, like that. Absolutely. It's, you know
0: hard, I mean? it's hard to compete. And like I said, it's Johnny. I think tactically... So shares just that uh, you know wee bit behind everybody else, but this, as I said, the Liverpool fan last night. If you look at all the other teams, you know around all the the top six, all the big six. If you look at all of them, look what they've done. The managers, you know Liverpool, Rafa Benitez. If you look at Spurs, you know look at the done de Pochettino. If you look at Man City, the done Montini, the done Poche- they the done. Pellegrini, you know, if you start looking around, managers aren't giving for a for shake. You know, managers all of a sudden, three or four results and then everybody's baying for their blood. It's too lazy nowadays to blame the manager. You know, it is too lazy. You have to look throughout the whole club. You know, Arsenal is a prime example. It's too lazy. It's too lazy to look at Arteta. You have to look at the owners, the recruitment, the youth development, the signings on the pitch, the players themselves. You have to look at finances and investment. It's too lazy to blame the manager. I know the manager is the one person that's going to catch flack for it, but I think it's so unfair, especially nowadays. And look at look at all the top managers and like they've won everything. And then look at Chelsea. Like Chelsea have just had a revolving door of managers. You know, the one manager took them to the Champions League final, Di Matteo, and then got sacked. Like that's like you know, Fruity. Danny. It's true. It's Danny, too lazy. Is
2: there, is, is, is John just making an excuse there because is a, a club legend? I, I do find that a lot of these United boys are hard me and the fact that they love Sochard. And I can see you smiling, Danny, and I'm sorry to interrupt there, John. Danny, do you think he's just making excuses because he's a club legend? Because I, I can't, but my personal opinion is they're making excuses because he's a club legend.
1: It, it's an interesting one, and I think it is a, is, is a far bigger debate because of the fact that, yes, I agree with the fact that managers, I think the media are too quick to jump on managers. And if you go and run a games where you lose them, it's automatically like, I should be sacked, should be out, all the rest of it. And as you said, Chelsea have kind of epitomised that over the years with the way that they've treated their managers, uh, which I think just kind of makes a joke of football, the fact that they're doing that, that they're just prepared to just throw money at people just to get trophies and then they're prepared to just sack them just the same and ruin careers. So I agree with that. At the same time, it's hard because I think the thing with Oli this season is the fact that... United have kind of turned around and gone okay we'll give you the money to do what you want and he, he's brought in Varane he's brought in Ronaldo so there's going to be a mass amount of pressure on him and I can see why people are, are having these arguments now and saying well if all he can't do it with this team if we're going to bring in arguably the, the greatest footballer who's ever lived in Ronaldo and, and he's not going to get something out of it then then he doesn't deserve to be there so it's it's an interesting one isn't it and I think I think at the same time I can't I can't fully turn around and say oh, you're only backing him because he's only going to social because to be fair if Gerrard was in the role at Liverpool I'd probably be doing the same thing so it's the hard one, right, not. Right. A te- talking
3: about managers all right United had one of the world's best managers in Jose Mourinho rubbish what 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 did he do <laughs>
1: so you start ass- arguing with love- each other boys that's not the way this works
3: <laughs> like you know he's so called world best managers so as they came in he ruined United yes they won a trophy but other than 15
2: now, years ago Johnny was a good manager
3: exactly but that's okay so why not give Ollie 15 years time he could be the
2: world's best manager well yeah I mean uh, Danny made a good point there and I I, I said to him, John if it was Gerrard we would be like you know kind of you know really behind but it is a point as well CR7 Ronaldo we can't criticise him we dedicate the whole podcast to Sue and me and Danny can't criticise Ronaldo we were recording the podcast a few weeks ago, weren't we, Danny? And he, he he broke he broke the records. He he scored a header in the last minute of the game, and he become the international top goal. And we stopped the podcast, and we just started make, I, giving like a personal dedication to Ronaldo. You know, we're not stupid; we know no he is. But if you take Ronaldo's goalway right this season, and let's let's be honest, Ronaldo wasn't so sure of signing. Ronaldo was ready to go to City and United. hijacked it. He wasn't okay. ready to go to City. That was all just for media well, attention. Well, anyway, anyway. Let's he say, said, let's he, say
3: he said he was. He even said a couple of years ago he'd never go to Man City. It was all well, just for well, well. anyway,
2: attention. Anyway, so, the or, point is, he, he went to United. But if you take his clothes away this season, where would where would United be sitting? You know, it, and that wasn't so sort Fan, standing. So it's like, hes I don't know, he's kind of got his own too many holes so far, hasn't he? Like that header last night was brilliant.
3: But well, that's okay. That's not there today, Mix. That, dirt that, makes, that dirt just brings us back to the point of landmark signing. We couldn't do that before because we never had that landmark signing, but now we
2: have Ronaldo. We can. <laughs> right then. Let's talk about the game Sunday, boys. Um, we'll, we'll come into a wee bit. I know there's meant to be fans protesting um, against the owners, which we'll, we'll come into at the end. But um, I'll come to you first, John, because um, you made some good, elegant points there before. Um, how do you see this game going, truthfully? Um, let's all try and take our goggles off. That includes me and Danny. You know, you've got two world class teams, two of the best teams in the world, the biggest game in football, again, in the, one of the best stadiums, at Old Trafford. Um, and although it's early in the season, it's it, it, it's a big, big game, isn't it, John? It's it, it's it's more than bragging rights. This game, isn't it? it, it it's it's a, it's almost like a must not lose game, isn't
0: it? It's a marker. I think it's going to be a marker for you know certainly for Liverpool and United fans. Uh, truthfully, goggles off. I even Old Trafford, being an old Trapper is good. It, it should give us a lift. But truthfully, with our defence and the way they're playing, I don't hold out an awful lot of hope. Like we have we have plenty going forward. We do have plenty going forward. We really do. And I think we'll cause you problems. Um, you know, I think we can catch you out in the break. The like, you know, the likes of Trent going forward and uh, Robinson going forward. I think we can catch you out in the break. Um, we have pace, um, and we have Ronaldo, and then we've got Cavani. Um, it's whether or not we can stop you. And like Danny said, Scott McTominay, is he the player to, you know to, to be that link? Is he that defensive midfield player that's going to break up the play? You know, pass it off to Pogba, let him do his thing or whatever. I'm just not sure. I'm a big Scott McComley fan. I love him. I think he should be playing week in, week out. Um, but I don't know if he trusts what he's got in his back three or back four or whatever we'll play. I just have, have reservations about this game and this is the first game in a while that I just think, you know, it, it could either be nil each and we could play out a draw or I think United could be on the end of one.
2: All right, that's I did not expect that to come out. Yeah, out, of you, out. Of you, <coughs> to be fair, but did say you've But I mean, with CR7 on the pitch, do you think you've always got a chance?
0: Oh no, that's what I'm saying. I think we've always got a chance. Um, and we will cause you problems. Um, it's just whether or not our back three or back four is going to be able to stand up. The you know Robertson Trent if he's playing, and then you know Firmino Salah. Money, you know, all right, money's he's, he's having a bit of an indifferent season at the minute. He's you know, he couldn't hit the floor if he fell on it in some games and then other games he can't miss. And I think that's how it all turns up. It's well, gonna it's gonna be one of the names
2: It's a good place to bring Danny into it, to who's Manny's probably biggest fan. Um <laughs> you can come to Salvador, you know, at the end at the end we're discussing here, but Danny, so how do you kind of see it mate? Um John John made some points there that he's actually like, could be a, a, a nil nil or we could walk away with it. Um, goggles off, how do you see it,
1: mate? I think there's two major factors in this, and we can talk about obviously Liverpool's attacking and the way Salah's playing at the minute and stuff like that, but for me there's two major factors from the United point of view I think that, that kind of swings the game a little bit, is one and you, you can let me know if you disagree with this or what one, I think one of the things that changes this season in comparison to the last couple, is the fact that you've brought in Ronaldo, and obviously the calibre of Ronaldo is what it is but also, Ronaldo, when he used to play in these games, played in these games with, with Roy Keane and Giggs and all of these players, he knows what this game means, I think, which is which is almost more important than than his actual ability, is the fact that he's going into this game knowing the calibre. And also, he's the type of player that stands up. And as we said before, like when you look at this type of game, because we're going to get onto the protest in a minute and stuff, one in 12 people in the world watch this game. It was, it was watched by like 2.8 billion people the last Liverpool v United game. Like it is a gigantic game and Ronaldo turns up in gigantic games. So I think that's going to be one of the things that swings it. The other one, which is probably the more controversial one, is the fact that it's an unbalanced side. Because from what I've seen this season watching football, you might as well throw a Liverpool top on Fred because he's not playing for you. So... What's, so it's, it's it's hard when you're basically playing with 10 men every game because Fred's just watching the match and playing awful passes right the way through. Played amazing for Brazil, but seems to be doing nothing for, for United. And that's why I, I think McTominay should be in that position. But that's that's not the way Ollie's saying it at the minute.
2: There you go. Well, there you go. Fred is Brazilian. He learns something every day. I'll bring Joe <laughs> back here and go on, buddy. Uh, well,
3: I, I have to agree. Well, well, as far as Fred did okay last night, to be fair uh but yes he's very inconsistent, but i I agree with what John was saying there um it's just based on the performance that we did last night, the first half will score five six goals easy. you know that's how bad the first half was, so it just depends on how what team turns up for united, you know, but if you don't come up to this game and step up the mark, you're not a united player like if you know if you're a united fan United player, you know how important this match is. You know, it's one of the most important matches of the year. You know, it's as Danny says there, one of the biggest matches in the world. You know, if you can't step up to the plate and play, you're going on. I do think we have weak things in the midfield, you know, but who are you gonna put in place in Fred? Are you gonna put Marriage there? Or who would you else put would you put there instead? Maric is slow, but he's experienced. Uh but I do think the weak link can be uh, with Fred if Fred plays. I wouldn't personally play him. I would put a more steady player in, as in Madrid even there, but he gets a lot of criticism too. Going forward, I can't see if going forward, Ronaldo's sometimes, how would you put it, doesn't come in the game at all. And then all of a sudden he gets one pass and that's him scored. He's through and scored. But he needs I think sometimes he needs to put more in. So do you as well. can it's alright, okay, just turn up and scoring a goal. But if he and probably based on what Ronaldo was years ago. Know, where his work rate was so much better and he was faster and quicker. But we can't just rely There's on Ronaldo.
2: Age, Johnny. Yeah, that's the
3: same. In yeah, that's the same, but we can't keep relying on Ronaldo. Other players need to step up to the mark. You know, like what are we going to do if Ronaldo gets injured? Are you going to put Martial up there? I don't think so. No. No. no, no exactly. <laughs> so that's why the rest my team. point is that
2: Ronaldo failed his out of a few this season.
3: Yeah, like you have Rashford, he can he was playing last night. he for me, Kevoni should have scored a hat trick of goals, you know. But he has come back from injury, so I just don't know. I don't know where it's going to end up. To be honest, the weekend it's just so right, hard well, to have.
2: I personally think um, it's it, it, you know we, we forget it's a derby. We we, we we make out that it's Liverpool United and it's a big a biggest team. Obviously, it's only a motorway that separates them. And uh, as you said about, I think it was it you that said there, Johnny about Ronaldo with would like to skulls and keen and the and they all knew what this game was like and as I say the Liverpool players are well scripted by this now you know the likes of Henderson played with Gerrard and Van Dyke's played in plenty and stuff so I forget the derby and I think form goes out the window I, I would all, I, yeah, let me let me ask just to United boys question here because I know what I know what Danny Marx well, you know, ask Danny as well just a one word right now right this second who would you rather have in your team Salah or Ronaldo?
0: I just go. For, I just Ronaldo. I love Ronaldo.
2: Ronaldo. What about you, John?
0: Uh, probably, probably Ronaldo. Just on on pure history. I mean, Salah's class, but just Ronaldo. Danny, just- right now, it's got to be Salah.
1: Surely, like Ronaldo is amazing. Love to have Ronaldo in your team overall. Um, but right now, like you, you can't uh, argue with Salah's stats.
2: That's why I made the point of asking right now because right now Mohamed Salah is in the form of his life, and um, he starts getting all these. He scored a couple of good goals you no, know, didn't he? he? Scored one against City. Um, and he scored the one against um last week there, uh, I can't remember Watford. And everyone's making out that he's world class, and I'm like, hang on, he's been doing this for like four years, but just because he's been scoring tappings, he's not been made out as as good as he is. Right now, this if Mo Salah turns up on Sunday, boys, and I'm sorry to say this, trying to conduct this kind of interview as opposed to you know giving my partner, but I'm telling you, if Mohamed Salah turns up on Sunday, we're gonna absolutely stuff this, and I can't wait. But see, if he doesn't, it could be a 50-50 game. And um, I see Danny laughing. There. I'm going to go to Danny. Do you, do you think I'm, I'm I'm making a show Liverpool fans again, or what, what do you think? No, I think
1: I think you're probably right in having that optimism. I think with the way that we've played this season, I think you've got to be optimistic. As we said, you can you can go around this game all day um, with the different talking points. But 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 as you said, the, the main talking point is the fact that Liverpool's front three are on fire at the minute, and Man United's defence isn't playing all that great. And if that carries on, the way the season's played up to now, then yes, there's a good chance that we may run away with it. Um, whether it'll turn out like that, as you know, I, I very much am a sit-on-the-fence type guy. And uh, I very much think it, it's going it, to it's gonna be interesting. I think there's a lot in United. I think they know how much this occasion is. It's at Old Trafford, full ground again. I, I think there's a lot to, to be said about that. Um, but yeah, I think on, on current form, the way we're playing, I think it, Liverpool fans are are in the rights to say that it could end up a three, four nil, but uh, I think we know it never turns out like it's probably gonna end up 0 nil, nil. That's the way these games normally end up.
2: <laughs> I was just about to say, isn't that the thing? All everything in the book said that the foot's gonna walk away. If John say to was saying oh I you know, I don't know and uh, all this and that. It just comes out. Uh, would you even be shocked no football like all of us sitting you know, if United went and won like three or four nil. You'd be it's just uh, but, yeah. it just would oh no would
0: absolutely would our current form. Absolutely. But I think you know you're talking about Salah, Ronaldo, and all the rest. But I, I mean, see if we put McTominay in that defense. See one good leveler, the Salah. I think he disappears from the game. Whereas he don't do that. Van say Van Dijk leaves a wee bit on Ronaldo. I don't know. He's him that gets him up for the game. I. That's the difference between Salah and Ronaldo. I think one good leveler. Yeah, on Salah. <sighs> uh, he, he backs off. He you know he 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 starts to the drop out of the game a wee bit, he, he suddenly becomes that wee bit more concerned about fitness and, you know, things I like got there. I don't know. No, I, I've, seen I him. Would, I've seen
2: him. I would disagree him. with
0: that. I would disagree I've with that. Uh, I've seen
2: him a bit. I've seen him a bit. Nah, see the thing about Salah is, he, like Ronaldo, and I'll say this about Ronaldo as well, he can go missing from a game, but he still scores a goal. He still gets the winner. He still will play up a pass like he did for Manage of a Week. So, I, I get what you're saying, but nah, I think, Salah's like Ronaldo he he can just come out of nowhere and do not Salah could do nothing in the whole game and score the winner like Ronaldo and that's oh uh, yeah
0: but did Chelsea (laughs) not do that did Chelsea not stick a couple of levelers on him and he just he just sort of he just sort of stopped then it just it didn't really happen
2: for him I think that was a brilliant defensive play from
0: Chelsea well there is there is that too we We don't have Chelsea's defence but (laughs) I don't know I just
2: well boys listen right so we can sit here all day and I can see the what's the the word? The uh the scuffy cuts coming out here now we're all kinda wanting to defend our team and stuff like that. But <laughs> what are we last, before we come into like the um there's been rumours that there's gonna be a bit of a protest. Now me and Danny have kind of experienced this kind of in the past with the poor fans and the American owners and stuff, but um, boys, you know, a couple of minutes here let, let everyone know why could this be happening and what what is the 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 depth of the, the two the depth of the two problem at your club with these glazes and, and what's going on. Why do United fans want them out? Um, let us know because, as I say, you user know better than us. No, well,
3: I, I think it's not just... It's just that something's built over time. You know, they don't seem to be interested in the football. They're just all about the money. You know, all they want is money, 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 money. Yes, Now, this season, they've invested a bit, but over the past seven seasons, realistically... They haven't really invested enough money into what United probably would have needed. Uh, but I just think they're arrogant and all they want is money. That simple as that. It's all about the business to them, which is unfortunate. It's not just United. look like the Newcastle takeover. Football is just gone mad. So it is like, I just don't, I just, I just, I don't know how to put in the words, but they're just to be honest. <laughs> they are like,
2: they they
3: leave. Leave if you were to ask look at these years how many times United's won the Premier League or trophies, I probably wouldn't even know. You know, they're just they just all about the money and investment, like which I don't know. Just want to line of pocket. That's all I can say.
2: John. Is that the same you've same thoughts on it
0: too? I think that's I think that's part of it, yeah. Um I mean, like I said at the start, when you look down through the club from you know the owners, the management structure. You know, United United were renowned for youth. That's all, but disappeared. You know, if you look at their investments, they're, you know they're they're trying to break in the new markets. That you know, yes, it's, it's brilliant, but they're not sticking with the faithful. They're not sticking with the loyal. You know, gone are the days, and only because of COVID. You know, you you play teams in and around. It's gone are the days now. You know, you you go away for you know what six week tour. You know, around every other. You know, country, and you don't stay in and around, and you don't stick with, you know, the faithful fans who are there week in, week out. You go and you disappear to America in the hope that you're going to land something, or you go and you disappear to Southeast Asia in the hope that you're going to land something, you know, and that's all good business sense. And that's what it is. It's a business, you know, if you look at, you know, even Newcastle, I think that's where this whole takeover and and this whole protest is coming from. It's coming from the fact that Newcastle. Now, potentially, could you know, just go out and buy anybody they want just for fun? You know, that used to be where we were. We used to be the team where people would have turned around and goes, You know what? I love to play for United, yeah, we were brilliant. Now, you know, players and agents are just mercenaries. You know, gone to the days where you'll have a Stephen Gerrard. gone to the days where you'll have a Ryan Giggs, you know, a lifelong club man. It's not going to happen now. You know, even look at, yeah. look at Holland. You know, Holland has basically said, I will move, but I will move to whatever club gives me enough money. You know, Mbappé is the same. Neymar, you know, when you when you look at players like that there, it's not I want to stay and I want to build a legacy of the club. It's let me win something and then that's gonna increase my value. And then, you know, I could see Mbappé, Haaland, Neymar playing at Newcastle in two seasons, three seasons, because Newcastle gonna turn around and say, you know what? We'll give you seven hundred thousand a week. We'll give you a million pound a week because they've got it. That's not, and I think that's where United are coming from. United are coming from that place of frustration where, you know, we used to have that stature, and now money and business is our stature. Do you agree with the protests? You know, potentially at the
2: biggest game of the season against Liverpool. Do you think that's the right time to do it, or do you know what's planned or not planned, or what? What what do you think of the? Will it be a peaceful protest or will it be similar to what happened maybe?
0: I hope it's year? a peaceful protest. I hope it's a peaceful protest. You know, I, I agree that, you know, everybody has has a right at that club. You know, it's it's our club. It's not the Glazers' club. It's our club and we have the right to say how we feel and we have a right to voice our opinion. I just hope it's peaceful and I hope the game goes ahead. I really do. Yeah, I guess well, for- that would be
2: my concern. Sorry, Johnny, go. But I, I, in fairness, I think
3: it's the wrong time to do it. You know, the reason why it's the wrong time to do it is because it's the biggest game of the season. That's going to distract the players. That's going to distract the build-up of the match. That's going to distract everything on the lead-up into the game. That's what players don't need when it comes to the match as big as that. Maybe do a protest another time against the maybe not such a big game or...
2: Isn't that the point in doing it against Liverpool United? It's because it's the biggest game in the season. But it's then
3: again, right? doing it. that, they saying that's the point to do it, but if that's the point, then is that not destroying the club that you love? Yeah. You know, if you love the yeah. club that much, you'd do it A protest after the match. Mm. You know, why do you Do after the match. That's how i would say do match. it
2: after the match. Let the match take place and do it after the match, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, well, boys, thanks for letting us know about that part. As I say, I, I think me and Danny are planning maybe an episode on the Newcastle situation, the money situation, which we'll be sure to maybe get you on again. But as I say, you could sit there all day. And I think one of the very first things I said in this podcast uh, was if you if you, if you if you took money literally in football, it would just be a joke. And, and I don't think you can these days because it just it just takes away from the beautiful sport that we love. But anyway, speaking of the beautiful sport that we love, um, I'm going to ask everyone for, for the predictions. And I'm going to start off and I'm going to be bold. Wouldn't be like me to be bold? Danny's probably laughing there. I'm going to go 4-0 to Liverpool. Seriously? Um, really? uh, yeah, 4-0 to Liverpool. Um, and I'll ask you you new please, before, before we go. Go on, Johnny. Uh,
3: I'll go for a conservative 2-1 win United.
2: Go back on. What about you, John?
0: Uh, I... I gotta go for a draw. Um and I don't know if it's gonna be in the late or one one. Fair enough, fair enough.
1: What about you, Danny? Um, um do you know, I'm gonna be optimistic for the change. I'm gonna say three one Liverpool. I think it'll be if if, if going on current form, I think that's the way it might finish. But as I said, these games are unpredictable, like.
2: Well there you go. Um I'm sure when we play United next, uh, the bragging lights will either be with us or with you guys and Um, thank you so much for coming along, giving your opinions as I say you've roasted us last year you've been a bit more concerted this year I don't know because United aren't playing as well or I don't know you've you've, you've been very kind so we appreciate that Um, and yeah do you know what forget who you support it's the biggest game in world football it's happening on Sunday Um, the whole world will be on our two teams two massive clubs two of the biggest clubs in the world and uh, made the best team win that's all I can say so thank you boys thanks, thanks, thanks for taking time out your day um, speedy recovery uh, Johnny with the long COVID and the isolating all the best for the football team John hope that the, 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 the um, games improve and you can come and report some wins rather than indifference and we us skim over but in the meantime thanks for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road, road.
1: This podcast
3: is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports
0: Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?